This is Southern Hostility, and this is the Super Bowl episode. You are, If you are listening, the current date is January 10th, where you're recording about 8.49 Eastern Time, 7.49 Central Time. Welcome to Southern Hostility. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing good. Doing good on this fine, wonderful morning. How are you, Stephen? I'm doing good. You know, it's... uh. You know, it, it really is. It's great to be here in Vegas. You know, the NFL, you know, invited us out here to Radio Row here in Las Vegas here for the Super Bowl. It's wonderful. Couldn't be more happier to be in the great city of Las Vegas. It's early here this morning, but, um, you know, it's great to record. I've lost all of my money. Um, I'm going to post a GoFundMe after this. Uh, please fund my ticket back to uh, Maine because... Unfortunately, they fly you out here, but they don't want to want you to leave. So uh, I'm destitute. I'm I'm homeless now. I've uh, taken out a second mortgage on my home. Um, please, please help me. <laughs> if if only all of this was true, right? I mean, we're we're recording from our own houses. I mean, we did not get the invite from Roger Goodell to be at the Super Bowl. We're very offended. We are incredibly offended. Um, that we are not invited. Um, so, you know, we're here and we're not there. Um, so we're going to cover this. We're going to do the best we can from our own place, but it would be nice to be, you know, at radio row. It'd be fantastic. But, um, like I said, we didn't get the invite and we are very offended. So Roger Goodell, if you're listening to this next year, we would let expect an invite. Um, we want to pl- uh, fly on your private jet right out to, um, wherever the you invite us, we'll say such good things about you, Mr. Goodell. Um, we won't be critical at all. In fact, um, <laughs> no, you'll so, be the best of the best. You, you fly us correct. out. We, we, you know, you know, if, even if he comes on, you know, it'd be amazing. You know, I'm just we're waiting for the Roger Goodell interview. So, um, one of those days we'll get him. He'll tell us all his uh, fun stories. I would love to hear some Jerry Jones and um, Arthur Blank stories. You know, I'm sure he's got some good ones. But um, currently, we're not on the NFL um, A list. You know, we are. Probably didn't even make the Z list. You know, we're probably on like the, um, you know, quadruple uh, A list, I guess. Or, you know, you know, we're we're far from the A list, huh? Yeah, it's like uh, Jimmy Neutron. Sheen gets a grade back on his test and it's a quadruple F minus. Uh, <laughs> I think that's that's where we're at. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but I mean, I am looking forward to the Super Bowl. It's going to be fun. This entire episode is just going to be Super Bowl talks. So this is the official Southern Hostility Super Bowl preview. Um, so yeah, like let's get into it. How excited are you for the Super Bowl? Um, you know, I'm moderately excited. I mean, I always kind of like the Super Bowl every year, regardless of like my reactions after the championship weekend. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that this is the matchup, but I'm hoping. And praying that the Chiefs don't win because I'm I'm really kind of sick of this like lifestyle or social norm of dynasties within the NFL and like there's one team that's constantly dominating every year um, because of one thing or another um, like the Patriots were so good for so long and now it seems like the Chiefs are there and kind of wondering if they win the Super Bowl, are they going to be right up there in the dynasty conversations uh, along with like the Patriots or the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s or like, you know, the Green Bay Packers early on, you know, 
Uh, all these teams that are up there for those dynasty conversations. Is, is Kansas City going to be up there? And then on the other hand, you're kind of looking at the 49ers kind of wanting to redeem themselves too. It's the last time that they were in the Super Bowl. They blew the lead. Shanahan, classic, not running the ball. And now they have a different quarterback. They have a better running back, arguably a better defense. So can they redeem themselves? I think it's good storylines around right now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some great storylines. But, I mean, speaking of your line of the dynasty talk, I feel like every decade you get a dynasty, right? If you want to look at the 1960s, you have the Green Bay Packers. You know, if you look at the 1970s, you get the great Pittsburgh Steeler teams. You know, the Cowboys were kind of there, but usually lost to Pittsburgh. So you, the Packers, the Steelers, the 80s, you have the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and then in the 90s, you get the Cowboys. You know, early 2000s, you have the Patriots. The later half of the 2000s, you once again get the Patriots again. And now you're kind of in the 20s now here where who's the new dynasty? Is it going to be the Chiefs? You know, they already got two. You know, they've dominated early. Um, do they get the third? I mean, like I said, it seems like every 10 or so years, there's a new dynasty, a new big team, new it factor. And I mean, it, it very well could be the chiefs win this one. That'd be three. That's your officially a dynasty. I think at that point, and you know, it's, you know, it, it, it's interesting though, how teams can go from, you know, that underdog mentality and everyone feels bad for them and like kind of likes them to easily hated very quickly. And I mean, this is what happens when teams get good. I mean, you look at the Patriots, they had zero history before Brady and Belichick. They become a massive dynasty and everyone hates them. The Chiefs really, you know, historic team been around forever, but never really did anything. And now with Mahomes and Andy Reid, suddenly they are one of the most hated teams. I mean, I know Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey haven't helped that, but this is where you're at now. And now they're hated and it just, you know, there'll be a new team that comes along. And until then, you know, I guess it's Chiefs Madness. Yeah, and I saw something interesting, like a question that was posed on Reddit. I'm going to ask you, do you think that Patrick Mahomes has the same success with like a different coach? Or is this duo kind of like a perfect storm where Reed can get the best out of Mahomes and Mahomes kind of is able to shine in Reed's system? Um, kind of like I would say how you know, Belichick's a really good defensive coach, and Brady was kind of given reins in the offense, and that worked out in a way. So is is it is this because Reed and Home Mahomes are a good combo, or is it because Mahomes is just that good? I think Mahomes is that good. Um I, I think like, you know, you can still at the end of the day, Mahomes is still a first round pick. He still had some, some awesome talent. Say he's drafted to a team like Buffalo or he's drafted to the Chicago Bears, I think he's still a pretty good quarterback. Does he have two rings in playing in his fourth Super Bowl? Probably not. You know, I think he, I mean, it's always like your situation, where are you? I mean, he could be like a Josh Allen. Um, he yeah. could be, you know, like a Joe Burrow situation, depending on where he went. I think he fell to a team that had the tools to succeed, right? You fell to a great coach. You, you know, had a great wide receiver in Tyreek Hill that you could rely on early. Um you know, and your your offense was just fantastic. The line was great. Um, the running back situation was pretty good. He just had a perfect team he came into. So sure, I think it helped them early, but I think his talent was so was so much there that he, you know, he's definitely a, an elite quarterback. It's just he's probably more in the Herbert Allen um Burrow conversation than he is by himself. I'd say. Right. Um yeah. I, I would say a more comparison to a Tom Brady where like a system guy who need help early is probably more Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy comes in, Mr. Irrelevant. 
last pick of the draft. You know, he's behind on the depth chart to Trey Lance. Um, comes into a system that's just absolutely loaded. A coach that's quarterback friendly where you can succeed and he comes in and he's done well. You know, and I think if he were to win, I think suddenly, if if the 49ers were to win the Super Bowl, I think suddenly everyone's comparing Purdy to Brady. And if they even if they were to go back to back or something crazy, I think suddenly they're like, oh my God, is Purdy the next Brady? Because it's literally almost an on-point comparison. Because I mean, if you put Purdy on another team, I do not think he's doing what he's doing. I, no, I don't. I think that's the that's the brilliance of Kyle Shanahan. <clears throat> you know, I can throw hate around all I, all I want, but at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan is a fantastic offensive mind. Um, he got Matt Ryan his MVP year, um, and he made Jimmy Garoppolo look good when um, uh, the coach for the Raiders. What's his name? Who's on the Patriots? Josh McDaniels? Yeah, Josh McDaniels couldn't even make Garoppolo look good in the Raiders system. But when he was on the 49ers and he had Shanahan, all of a sudden he said, like, we're wondering, is Garoppolo a good quarterback? And the answer was no, obviously. So Kyle Shanahan has such a good system where I could probably walk in to the 49ers facility and be a top-half quarterback in them. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, so, Kyle, if you need a backup quarterback, I'm going to pay half a million dollars a year to sit on the bench. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll do that for you. I'll learn that offense. Call me. I live in Southern California. <laughs> you know who I could honestly see the 49ers going after for a backup quarterback, though, this offseason? Who? Mac Jones. I could see that. I mean, I think Mac Jones, if Purdy goes down, Mac Jones slips in and he does a great job as a backup. I think San Francisco is a perfect place to have Mac Jones. I think I, I'm truly convinced that if he's cut by the Patriots, I think Shanahan swoops. And I think Shanahan wanted him at the draft to begin with because yeah. he's the perfect quarterback to run his offense. And I think he swoops in. You know, I think he was pressured to take Trey Lance. I mean, he was evident when they cut him. I mean, or try, actually, they didn't cut him. They traded him for nothing. Um, especially with all the capital he moved up. I think, you know, I think they take him on a, like a flyer deal, a one, two year contract. And I think he's a great little backup and he could have a nice career as a backup in San Francisco if Purdy were to go down. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, like, I think a lot of quarterbacks can succeed in that offense. You know, I, I think you look around and a lot of other starting quarterbacks who are struggling, like Baker Mayfield, I think could be great in that offense. Um, he had a good year this year, but I think he's amazing in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's obviously some that I think are truly awful. Like I think, I think Zach Wilson's pretty bad. I don't know if he could make it work, but yeah, Ritter you know, would probably still throw as many interceptions. I don't mind. So, you know, I think Bryce Young, if, if Bryce Young in that offense could be amazing. Um, so I think there's a lot of people that could flourish. So I think right now, Purdy, you know, is of that. But that's the thing, though. If you start winning early and you start getting the confidence behind you, because a lot of times professional sports is a lot of confidence. You get better training. You win more. You're more in the spotlight. If that happens to Purdy, suddenly he can go from a system guy that people were saying Brady was early on to Tom Brady. Because I mean, you look at back at the early Patriots days, Brady was not who he is today. You know, it yeah. was it took the they he won the three. Everyone said he was system, and then he just took years and years, and then he just became the ageless wonder, and he just got better with age. He was like a fine wine. It just the more it ages, the better he got. And who knows? Maybe you get that out of Purdy. You know, maybe maybe if Purdy were to lose, maybe he's uh, Jake Delhomme. You know, yeah. So, well, one thing's for sure: when Purdy signs a new contract, he can 
not live with a roommate anymore because yep. the housing prices in San Francisco are absolutely ridiculous. That's that's so silly to me because the 49ers have like bajillion dollars just like every other NFL team. Put this man in an apartment that you own. Good lord. Like you, you the know liability what? of having a roommate. What's wild is they were talking about like the college quarterbacks and like Caleb Williams, I believe, made more money this year than Brock Purdy. Um, I think they were saying um uh What's uh, I think I think um, like Jalen Milrow possibly could have made more money. I think they were saying most of these, you know, college guys were making more from NIL than um, Brock Purdy was making. It was it was yeah. insane to watch every single time there's a college game. They throw the graphic up of how underpaid Purdy was. Just like there's a reason a lot of people are staying in college longer because the NFL has that cap, right? A rookie can only make so much. Mm-hmm. Right. So on that rookie deal, a lot of times these guys have taken pay cuts depending on who you are and what program you're at. You know, um, I thought that was it was Arch Manning who was making like three times the amount as Brock Purdy and Arch Manning was sitting on the bench in Austin. So, yeah. you know, so it, it's wild. It just, you know, but Purdy will get that contract. And that's another thing is if you want to talk about windows with teams, let's look at like how each team's windows and how they stack up like the win nap. So let's start with, um, it seems like, so San Francisco's the favorite here. They're a two-point favorite, two and a half, depending on the day. Um, let's look at San Francisco's window, right? How much longer is their window open to win a Super Bowl? Say they were to lose, how many more years would you say their window's open for them to win? I'd say probably like three, four years, maybe. Um, I think that you got to look at contracts and stuff, right? And... Um, when Purdy's contract is up, is he going to sign again? Or are they going to go and look for a new quarterback? And then that's a huge question as well. Everything's so kind of short-lived with the NFL and like everyone kind of moving around to get their money, going to a team they think is going to win the Super Bowl. Um, I think you got got a good four years for them to you know go back and win another Super Bowl for sure if they keep Purdy on. Um, if not, then it's really who they get as a quarterback instead. So if you look at Purdy's contract, right? He's a second year player. He was a rookie last year. So uh, his rookie year, he made seven hundred uh seven hundred and five um thousand dollars last year. This season we're currently in, he made uh eight hundred and seventy thousand. Next year is the third year of his deal, he'll make nine hundred and eighty five thousand, and then he has one more year after that, will make one point one million. So he's got two more years left on that deal. So I mean, essentially, he has two more years left on his rookie deal. I think that's the San Francisco 49ers window. Um, I think they got to win this one, or they got to win in the next two years. If not, if they can't win on his rookie deal, I think that changes everything because you got to look at the price all these quarterbacks are getting. Like Jalen Hurts, every single time they they re up. If if Purdy Purdy made the Super Bowl this year, say he loses, right? Say he goes next year and they win next year. Right now, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, or he's at least played in a Super Bowl. As is Jalen Hurts, he's going to want the same money, right? So that's that's an unbelievable cap hit you're now taking, and now you got to pay the quarterback. The rest of the defense, you know, the defense could start to suffer. You're going to start losing guys. Bose is not getting any younger. I think Young is gone at the end of this year. You have to pay that linebacking core. The wide receivers want to get paid. McCaffrey's getting older. I would say. 49ers are in a solid position the next two years. 
And if they don't win either this year or the next two years after that, I think the window's closing significantly. Yeah, because uh, I, I, when you're thinking about McCaffrey, when, it's like, when is he's just going to give out? That's really like the question with everything that you get. Like, they're, they're so explosive for so long, and then they get this one injury, or it just wears them down after a while, running as hard anymore because uh, of injuries or whatever. It's, when is McCaffrey's legs going to kind of finally give out underneath him? Because uh, mm. he's, he's not young anymore. No, yeah, he he was young with Carolina, and now he's kind of getting up there in age. Yeah, he's he's definitely not getting any younger, and um, you know, and that that offensive line too isn't getting any like Trent Williams is not getting presumptions is not getting any younger either, right? I mean that that entire team is, is starting to get they're starting to get older, and but you got to look though the NFC is weaker, right? Who do you really have? I mean, the Packers could be they're on the rise. The Packers are on the rise. Um, you know, Detroit's. Pretty good, but were they? In the, we'll see if they were a flash in a pan or not. We'll see what right. they do next year. They might come back to reality a little bit. So, say they're a decent to good team. So, I think the Packers progress. You know, I think the Rams and I think the rest of that NFC West is probably going to be kind of around the same. Um, you know, the Eagles are going to be good again. I think the Eagles are going to figure it out. I think the Eagles are going to be a top team. Uh, Dallas is consistently around 500 or slightly better. So, you know what you're getting out of them. So, you know, I mean, the NFC is definitely, I mean, it's harder to win, I would say, in the AFC with, you get better quarterback play. I mean, you got, in the AFC, you got Lamar, you got you got Allen, you got um, Joe Burrow, you have Mahomes. Um, so the AFC, I would say, is a lot harder, and I would say, you know, the pressure would be on. Like a team like Baltimore who lost last week, you got pressure now, right? Because you're going to go through everyone healthy. Um Maybe the window's a little bit shorter or definitely harder. But with San Francisco, I think definitely for two years, I'd say solidly, you got a wide open window if everyone stays healthy. Yeah. Um, Chiefs window. What do you think about the Chiefs window? It's really is is it's Mahomes. Um, I mean, can they keep the line that they have? Um, are they going to get better receivers? I think. They've probably got another couple of years at least. Um, and then it's kind of like, are, are they going to keep downgrading at wide receiver? Because they let Hill walk. Uh, and the core that they have this year wasn't really up to snuff. I mean, they kind of came through the last few games in the playoffs. They kind of turned it on. Um, but you kind of look back on the regular season, all these drops that they had or bad tips and then interceptions that happen. Um, you're going to kind of run into the same issue that Brady was running into in like from like 2010 to 2015 or so where they kind of didn't really have good enough wide receiver core and they made the playoffs, but then they weren't really successful. Um, they got like knocked out by the Jeffs jets or, um, like the Ravens, you know, those teams that came in, they had a better receiving core. They had a really good defense. Um, and I think so far, like this playoff run, the Chiefs haven't really had a tough defense that they had to play, right? They go, they played Miami, right? As cold, they didn't perform at all. Um, then they went to the Bills, who I don't think has an elite defense at all. And then you went to Baltimore and you're like, okay, well, that's the elite defense. But then they couldn't win. The The Baltimore offense couldn't, you know, pick up the slack and win the game. 
Uh, and that that's really what it came down to. So you look at the Baltimore game, I think the 49ers can take some notes away from that. Um, so wondering if they're going to kind of figure them out. It's, it's when, when is Mahomes going to get the support he needs? That's, that's really the window. That's, that's my big question. So like the way I view the chiefs window, um, this is a little bit different is even in those Brady years in between that first dynasty and the second dynasty, if you want to break it apart, the Patriots were still a force, right? They were still one of the league's best teams. Um, you had that 16, you know, year they lost, they lost, they had that bunch of Super Bowl losses, Patriots were still a force. Um, yeah, you, know, you had that Ravens like loss in the wild card. That was kind of embarrassing for the Patriots. And you've had some other ones where there was like, oh my God, what's going on? And then they figured it out. Um, I think the Chiefs is kind of similar. Um, I think they're open. I think they're wide open. I think as long as Mahomes is playing for the Chiefs, looks like his contract runs through. I'm looking at um looks like it runs through 3033, I think. It's either 3031 or 3033. Kind of tough to tell how this says it because it looks like he makes a decent salary up until thirty one, and then and he has like nothing contract. And then like the last two, it seems like yeah, more front loaded. It seems I don't yeah, it's kind of tough to to tell here. Um, but I think as long as he is on the Chiefs roster, I think they have a chance to win. Um, I was talking to a, a a buddy this week, and he was saying he's like, yeah, I think if the Chiefs win, I think suddenly the window starts to close for the Chiefs. And I said, why? And he's like, well, if they win, it's a perfect time for Andy Reid to retire. It's a perfect time for Travis Kelsey to retire. You know, it's like, it's a perfect time for them to go set off into the sunset. The champions, you know, like you look at Kelsey's age, you look at Andy Reid's age, they just want another one, you know, hang up the hat. And then, you know, Mahomes goes in kind of without anybody, right? Without Andy Reid, without Travis Kelsey, what are the Chiefs? Um... It's just Mahomes alone. So, like, if that's the case, then a lot could change, right? You know, I, you know, suddenly, you know, suddenly, if that happens, Baltimore definitely becomes the favorite next year. You know, and then the Bills are right there at two, and it's like, how does Mahomes recover? What kind of coach do they get? What happens? Um, I think that'd be really interesting if Reed were to walk away and Kelsey would walk away if they win. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I, I think, I think Kelsey comes back. I think Andy Reid's going to come back. I think. Andy Reid right now is positioned the way they're winning games as Andy Reid could uh, break the Shula record for wins. And he could, yeah. he could be, I think he's right behind Belichick now already. I mean, he could, he could be chasing him. I mean, especially with Belichick not coaching this year. Um, I mean, he's right there. Um, you also have to think, even if Andy Reid were to retire, Mike Vrabel is still available. Mike Vrabel right. played for the Chiefs for some time. For a season or two. So, I mean, if you imagine you bring in Vrabel as a coach, I don't think much changes. You just go to more of a defensive style and then you bring in an offensive coordinator. Maybe you bring Bellamy back. Is it Bellamy or Bellamy? Uh, maybe you bring him back as offensive coordinator to work with Vrabel because he's already worked with Mahomes. And suddenly, you know, you have that, you know, that quick change, which if, if that were to happen, I don't think anything changes in Kansas City. I think suddenly they're still a good team, they'll still draft well. Um, it's just more building the offense, you know, it just Mahomes becomes more of a it's more of like an Aaron Rodgers situation in Green Bay than you had with Brady and Belichick because you always had the two of them together. So it could be just a yeah. new look. I, I, I agree with you because Mahomes really is like the key to success there in Kansas City, right? I don't really like barring like an incompetent coach and change and Kelsey leaving and everything. I, I still think that they're successful. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really is not like Mahomes gonna get injured and then something happened like that because I I remember 
um, kind of seeing how he did like a quarterback sneak one time and then he had an injury for that and then he doesn't do quarterback sneaks anymore so it's really like is he going to get injured in a way that's going to prohibit his his way that he plays right mm. so is he going to get like like with Brady he got that ACL injury right mm-hmm. and then for a few years afterwards you could kind of tell that he was he didn't want to get hit like below the knee again because of what happened. So he was kind of extra cautious about that. Uh, and you could kind of, that you could see that happening for Holmes too. Um, but barring any like injuries or incompetent coaching changes, whatever, I think the, I agree with you. That window's wide open. I, I could see Kelsey retiring this season because his brother's gone. But we don't know that because they said on, um they, they said on, they, when they asked Travis Kelsey, he's like, I think he has football left in him. And then when they asked Jason again at the, the Pro Bowl, he's pretty silent. Now they're saying he might be coming back. They might be saying Jason Kelsey might be coming back. So if, if Jason comes back, and I think Travis 100% comes back. So I think, you know, if Jason decides he's not going to and then the Chiefs were to win, I mean, to be honest, if I was the Kelsey brothers, I'd be looking at Travis is 34, going to be 35. Jason is 36, going to be 37. You look at their ages. They've made their money. Their podcast is huge. Mm-hmm. Kelsey is known around the globe now because he's dating Taylor Swift. They can easily have more sponsorships. I mean, I wonder for your own health, you know, your own mental health and your own physical ability is now the time to get out of it where you don't have a, you know, a serious injury. Right. right. Because- and and that's, that's the thing with both of both of the brothers too, like both Jason and Travis, like, they both play like one of the most physical positions in the game. So mm-hmm. that wears on you. Uh, I mean, you're constantly getting your body beat uh, when you're playing center. Like when you're playing tight end, you're laying your body out. You're going to get cracked on the head a few times. Like when it, it's really like a timer for when CTE is going to show up. I mean, you look at Antonio Brown. And how he stayed in the league for so long after he got hit in the head a few times, and now he's having like mental breakdowns every other week on Twitter or you know swimming around in the pool with any shorts on. Uh, so it, you, I agree with you. It's like you got to take your own mental health into consideration when you're playing in the NFL, and I think you got to get out when when the going is good. You gotta you gotta cash your chips before the house wins. And I think that metaphor is on point since the Super Bowl is in Las Vegas this year and I've lost all of my money. Uh, <laughs> I did not learn that lesson for sure. Um, you know, you think about a player who like left kind of on top a little bit was Gronk, right? I mean, he, he retired at an early age. He never spent any of his money. He did a bunch of ads. He knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, he gets out of the league. He drops a bunch of weight. He's, you know, looks like he's super healthy now. He's, you know he's all over the he's all over TV. He's he's doing his thing. I mean he, he's a perfect example of a guy retiring, you know, at a, the right age, getting out when the going was good, still making money. And I think Travis Kelsey is a personality like Gronk, yeah. and I think they both could do that. I think he literally could seamlessly you know transition into the full podcast world or, you know, um, you know the the TV personnel. Like look at Pat McAfee; it worked for him. If you want to switch over to hockey and talk, about, you know, you get like Paul uh, Bissonette. You know, he was, you know, a kind of a, you know, a kind of a grinder, kind of a, you know, enforcer in the NHL. Didn't make much money playing. He retired, and now he's making a fortune doing podcasting. 
and he's like a TV analyst. So you get guys with different sports who can literally, if they can jump into the media and they got the personality for it, you can almost make more money in the media than you can playing. Right. Yeah. Like perfect example, Nick Saban, I think is getting $14 million a year to uh, be on college game day. I think he was yeah. making 11 at Alabama. Don't Tom hold Brady that. signed a significant contract with Fox and he's replacing Greg Olson for like, uh, afternoon games, and I don't. Know, I, I'm I'm pretty happy about that because I really don't like Greg Olson as like a commentator. I think he's very. You can tell the bias is there for a lot of teams. And, um, I think Brady's going to be a kind of refreshing. Take so you don't you don't like Olson? You're not a big Olson fan? I'm not. I'm not a big Olson fan. Partly because he has like this hatred for the Falcons constantly, and he's. I watched all of the Falcons games this uh, season um, and he got put on a few of them and it was just insufferable to hear try to break things down. Uh, really? Yeah. Because I think he's like way better than Tony Romo. I think Tony Romo is a pretty bad one. Tony um, Romo was okay the first year he was there, but then he just kind of like, I don't know, he got way too comfortable and he just makes like noises now. He's like, ah, no, Jim. <laughs> I, I still think my my favorite thing with him was in uh, the Bills game. It's like now it's now it's time to protect the football, and I'm like, you know, you know, Tony, you could never protect the football when it mattered. Never. You threw a bad interception. You took a bad sack and fumbled the ball, or he would just mess up the snap on a on a field goal. You know, it, he could not protect the football at all, and now he's telling others. I mean, it's just such a. I don't know. He, he uh, Tony Romo. I also think he he's very. He loves Josh Allen. Absolutely loves Josh Allen. Every single time he gets a Bills broadcast, he favors the Bills so much. It just I'm sick of Tony. I'd rather have Greg Olson go over to CBS, take over for Tony, and just put Tony on like the the small broadcast where kind of out of the way, like no one has to deal with him. Um, yeah, I think and, there's like there's a little angst behind that Stephen Aaron uh, because. Tony Romo will talk about how things should have been for a team. Then, you know, you're like, well, why didn't you do these things while you were with the Cowboys? <laughs> exactly. It's, oh, he is a genius. So somehow he's a genius and he knows all these things, but he couldn't implement any of it. I right. mean, he's like, he'd play and he just simply didn't have a brain out there. And then suddenly he gets in the booth and he's like an absolute savant. He's like a football savant. He just knows everything. And you're like, well, if you did this on the field. Yeah, it's pretty easy to call it when you're like a thousand feet up in the air. So. Yeah. It's, it is. Um, I exactly. Um, all right, let's let's get to the game. Let, let's get to the game. We've talked a lot of, around it. Um, let's look at this game here. Um, some game notes that I had gone over with you earlier um, in the day was, uh, well, the big one is McCaffrey is the league's leading rusher, right? Yep. Um. They were saying uh, that the last time the league's leading rusher um, made it to a Super Bowl was Sean Alexander, right? Uh, Sean Alexander in 05, he lost to Pittsburgh. The last time the league's leading rusher has won a Super Bowl was in 1998 with Terrell Davis and the uh, Denver Broncos. So pretty interesting there. I believe um, McCaffrey was McCaffrey's dad was on that team uh, coached by Shanahan's dad. So you get some comparisons to that Denver team. 
Um, so, you know, that's interesting. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you think, I mean, there's been a longstanding thing is the league's leading rusher struggles to win Super Bowls. How do you think McCaffrey is going to do in this game? Um, I think he could, he could explode really. Um, but the problem is, is that all these Super Bowl curses or what have you, um, kind of like hold true. I'm not going to lie. I said to you when we were talking about this earlier, that the MVP never really wins the Super Bowl. I think the last MVP to win the Super Bowl was what Kurt Warner. Is that, is that right? Um, usually if you win this, this, like prestigious titles of MVP or your league's leading rusher, what have you, you're not going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, Matt Ryan won the MVP in 2016. We all saw how that went. Um, having PTSD flashbacks right now. <laughs> uh, but I, I could see him having a big game because the 49ers have a good amount of weapons. So it's really like, who are you going to cover on defense? You can't double... McCaffrey, you can't double Kittle, and then you can't double uh, Brandon Ayuk as well, right? You got to choose one of them. So, who are you going to hold down? Who are you going to like make Purdy not throw to? And if if McCaffrey has a good game and they can open up the running game, I think the 49ers can win this for sure. Um, so, I'd look for him to have a big game. Um, if they're going to lock him down, then I think Brandon Ayuk has to has to produce more. I mean, I I think the, I I, I think you, you I think you're pretty well spot on with with San Francisco. I think IU has to have a good game. I think Kittle has to have a good game too. Um, I, I think Kansas City might be able to stop the. I think Kansas City can maybe limit McCaffrey, but I mean the weapons there. You know, it's either Dabo Ayuk or Kittle have to open up the game, right? And I mean, we were looking at comparing Kittle to Kelsey, and the big difference between Kittle is he can get. He get, has bigger plays. Kelsey's plays are usually for smaller yards, and Kittle can hit the big one. Well, if you hit Kittle for a big touchdown and you hit Ayuk for a big touchdown, I think those can be game-changing plays. And, yep. I mean, San Francisco is definitely a second-half team we've seen from the playoffs so far. So, I mean, well, and that's, the that's really been... what happened, too, in the Detroit game, right? Brandon Ayuk had this fantastic catch, and, like, it really just turned the tide of that game for, for Detroit. They really just, like, lost morally. Like mm-hmm. all that morale, like going into the halftime, uh, just like was erased right there with that I, catch. I got a stat for you. Speaking of the 49ers being a second half team, the 49ers have only led 22.9% of the time in their two uh, postseason games. That's the second lowest percentage of a, a time leading in the postseason entering the Super Bowl since 1994. That was the Chargers. Chargers lost that Super Bowl um, to San Francisco, no less. Um, and then speaking of the offensive weapons here, the Niners are the fourth team to have both a 4,000 yard passer per Purdy and four players with a thousand yards, um, thousand scrimmage yards, McCaffrey, Ayuk, Samuel and Kittle in a season, but they are the first of them to make it to the Super Bowl. Also back to the first half stats and second half stats. Purdy has a 91 QBR in the second half of games in the postseason compared to a 59 QBR in the first half. Um, the 49ers have averaged 22 point, 22 points per game in the second half and just seven in the first half. 
So clearly we're saying, you know, over and over again, San Francisco is more of a second half team. And to win, you need production from those guys that had mentioned that had over a thousand yards. McCaffrey, Ayuk, Samuel, Kittle, they need to step up and play. And they need to play four quarters. I mean, you can have you can lose a little, you can be down a little bit to the Chiefs, but if you're down what they were, if you're down 17 at the half, I don't I don't know if Kansas City's blowing that. Kansas City has a better defense than Detroit does by far. Kansas City's defense has been really good this year, and that defense is young. Talk about a window. I forgot to mention that defense on Kansas City is good and young. So, you know, you're not going to come back like that. I mean, they were able to come back against Green Bay, another young team. With Kansas City, you have to keep it somewhat close. You're down a touchdown. Maybe you're down a touchdown on a field goal, 10 points. Sure, I think he can come back. But if you're going to come back from 17, you know, I, I don't know if you can do that. And you you need to, you know, get off early. Purdy has to get over that hump. He's got to score early. Um, And if you have it in the 49ers, if they ever get a chance to put it away and put Mahomes away, you got to do it. You got yeah. to put the nail in the cup. You can't let Mahomes hang around either. That was like the issue with the Eagles last year. The Eagles had a yeah. lead. They just couldn't put him away. Mahomes hung around and then gets it done. The so, more that we talk about this, how Kansas City kind of comes out and is explosive, the 49ers are a second-half team. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of thinking that this may be like one of those Super Bowls with like a huge comeback from the 49ers. I mean, I'm kind of getting that feeling, right? I mean, I'm I'm just thinking about the Falcon Super Bowl again because that constantly in my nightmares. But I mean, when you're looking at that Super Bowl, right, with with the Falcons, they come out, they're they're explosive in the first half for like pretty much every game, like let it go in the second half and they just kind of because their offensive is explosive. And the Patriots were always a second half team. It's almost like the same kind of thing here, right? where the 49ers are a second-half team in Kansas City as a young defense, kind of like how the Falcons did, and Kansas City has an explosive offense, kind of like how the Falcons did, with, like, these great weapons there. And is is this going to, like, be another kind of comeback? I don't know. If you're looking at halftime bets, maybe take the maybe take the underdog there to come back, whoever's losing I got a um I got a stat for you with just talking about Super Bowl predictions. Um in the last 10 years, right? Um my mom has gotten 8 oh God. of the 10. So here here's a stat here. So just so for future every single year my mom makes a Super Bowl prediction. Nick is very aware with my mom's Super Bowl prediction. She makes one every single year. She doesn't watch any football. She might watch the Cowboys with my dad and I on very seldomly, but she'll do occasionally. But she knows almost, almost nothing about the league doesn't follow it, not into it. She occasionally will listen to this podcast. She really just, it goes in one ear and out the other for football. Um, she kind of knows a little bit more about hockey, but that's still, she's not a big sports person, but every single year she makes a Super Bowl prediction. She's almost right. Um, she had a, a going rate of she, one year. She went 10 years in a row with predicting, right? I mean, with the Patriots, it's kind of like, are they going to do it this year? Or are they not? I mean, it's kind of for time. It wasn't that hard, but she was predicting it every single year. The first time she got it wrong, right? I went back, looked at the first time she got it wrong. She said the 49ers are going to beat the Chiefs the first time. She was wrong. Then um, when the Chiefs played the Bucs, she said Bucs are going to win. 
Um, and then the next time she was wrong again was another Chiefs Super Bowl. She said the Eagles were going to beat the Chiefs. So in ten in the past, I guess twelve years, because she had pretty much got it for ten years. So ten years prior to the first Chiefs Super Bowl, my mom hadn't got any wrong. Since Mahomes has come along, my mom has gotten two of the three Mahomes Super Bowls incorrectly. My mom made a prediction. She said the 49ers are going to beat the um the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll be down in the first half and the second, I mean, the first quarter and the second quarter, and they'll come back and win in the second half. They'll come from behind and win. I, she didn't specify how big the comeback's going to be. It could be three points, could be seven. She didn't specify. She just said that there'll be a second half comeback from the 49ers. Exactly what you just said was her prediction. Just saying, like I said, history is on her side. She's usually correct. However, she struggled when it comes to Mahomes. Mahomes has baffled her. Um, just, for some reason, it, she just for some reason she always she usually predicts him wrong, and she can't get through it. I mean, like I said, she only got it once, one time, and that was because I guess Tom Brady was on the other side. So, like that, if you want, if you know, it's like what you think. What's going to happen? Is she going to be right? Is she going to be wrong? I mean, when I was looking at it, I'm starting to think maybe she just can't predict Mahomes. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe she just, maybe that's the kryptonite. She just, you know, overlooks the Chiefs and can't predict Mahomes. Or, you know, maybe she just got two bad readings and she's actually, you know, she's going to get be back on track. But you want to listen well, to my I mom's guess- prediction? There's hers. She has San Francisco. And like I said, she's usually money. It's just like if you look at the Chiefs' loss to Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, the reason that they lost was because the receivers just could not catch anything. I remember looking at that Super Bowl and I was like, "Good lord!" And Mahomes like, was on the ground. Yeah, I Mahomes mean, is like Mahomes. They had everyone like, in space. He just, yeah, and that's that's really is. And what's different this year is Mahomes hasn't been sacked. Even yeah. Baltimore struggled to get to him. I mean, that play where he's practically on the ground with his knee. I thought he freaking tore his ACL in one of those plays, and he just wiggles his way out of it. Mm-hmm. He just you can't get him on the ground. And to this point, this Kansas City Chiefs run has been an absolute masterclass by Mahomes. If the Chiefs were to win this Super Bowl, I think this is the best run Mahomes has had. They were they were kind of – everyone wrote him off. When we got on this podcast, one of our early episodes, you're like, what is your Super Bowl prediction? And I said to you, I said, I have Chiefs 49ers, and I will stick with the Chiefs until they prove me they can't get it done. And if we've gone through most of this, this playoff, and I've continued to say, until the Chiefs prove me wrong, until the Chiefs prove me wrong. And they can and they haven't. They continue to win games. Right. Mahomes continues to get it done. And he finds ways like Tom Brady. Now, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking of what my prediction is. And you know, you seem to think San Francisco with a comeback. I'm looking at my prediction. I'm saying the math tells me there's a lot on the side for San Francisco to win this. The numbers with the 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 Broncos and Terrell Davis with McCaffrey, the connection there how great this 49ers team has been. Um, they just seem to be complete on all sides of the ball. The linebacking core for the 49ers is unbelievable. Um, y- you have like uh, that the the weapons Purdy has, the offensive line. Um, San Francisco looks like a better team, but they haven't been playing like that. They've struggled against two teams that are definitely weaker, both Green Bay and Detroit. You can say aff- affirmatively they were weaker. Then you look at the, the Chiefs' resume, stumbled through the regular season, completely stumbled. They make it to the playoffs, and they've just – I mean, you said they did not much showed up in the Miami game. They still manhandled Miami. 
Yeah. I mean, it was cold out, sure. The Chiefs are probably going to win that regardless just because of the cold and Miami can't play in the cold. But they still controlled that game significantly. I mean, mm-hmm. there was they controlled that game. Then they go into Buffalo, who's red hot. Sure, the, sure the Bills struggled early. I, I made a bunch of jokes. I continue to say I don't think Allen can win a Super Bowl. The Bills were starting to scare me because they were starting to look good. They got really hot. The team was clicking on all cylinders. Mahomes, everyone said Mahomes can't win on the road. He's never had to do it. He goes into Buffalo and wins. Tough game. He gets it done. Then he goes into Baltimore, probably the best team in the league. If the Baltimore Ravens had won that game, I think they are the favorite over San Francisco. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the best, the most complete team. They had the best defense. They're off. The, um, Lamar Jackson is like the MVP. Everything is, you could go into a hostile environment, Baltimore, sold out crowd. That, that stadium was absolutely rocking. He goes in and they get it done. He has a great first half, second half, not so much. But, you know, the the, the Ravens kind of were able to stop him, shut him down. But when it mattered, he was able to close the deal and win the game. Reminds me so much of those Patriot teams. It really reminds me of the Patriots in a way, and that they just win. And, you know, and I think there's a reason why 76.6% of people in the media are saying the Chiefs are going to win, even though San Francisco is a two-point favorite. It's the Mahomes factor. It's that they continue to get it done. And my prediction is I think the Chiefs win it. I think it's a close game. Um, I think the Chiefs get a first-half lead. I think San Francisco comes back. I do. I do think San Francisco comes back. I just think at the end of the day, it's too much to bear. Um, You know, I think it's just – I think they come close, but I think this time they can't get it done. I think this time they fall short. Um. You know, so I, I like I said, I, I do believe, like I said, that the Chiefs will get an early lead. I think San Francisco comes back. I just think it's going to be too much for them. It's yeah. just going to be too much. And I think that Chiefs defense is too good. And I, I think we're talking maybe um, between, I think we're talking a one possession game, either a touchdown or a field goal. I think it's a close game. Um, but I think Mahomes gets his third ring. And I think we're in that dynasty talk. I think that's what's going to happen. Unfortunate, really. Uh because there are plenty of other teams in the NFL that are also good, but I just uh, I I I don't think I could bear to see a Chiefs dynasty. It's just I have I I love having parity in in any type of sport really. Um, whenever one team uh, is dominating, like I remember from like for like five years in a row. The NBA Finals was the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Warriors, Golden State Warriors. I literally did not watch the NBA during that time. I was so sick of it. I was like, it's going to be Cleveland and Golden State at the end of the day. Why do I even bother? Right? So if the Chiefs come and win this and they're good again next year, it's like, I don't want to see another Chiefs Super Bowl. Like, we've seen this story before. It's been written a thousand times. Like, I want to see something new. Um, I'm kind of sick of, of seeing the same thing over and over again. That's really why I wanted Detroit, because they've never been there. Mm-hmm. The story's never been written. I mean, it has never been written in, in the Super Bowl era. I mean, they haven't won since, like, the 50s. So, yeah, that, it's a different. I mean, and most people want to see something different. Um, 
Like I got a friend from college early on was all love the Mahomes story, wanted them to beat the Patriots. He absolutely despises the Patriots. Um, he's a New York fan. He just can't stand him, and he was all over Mahomes early. And then this year, it just the the hate towards the Chiefs. Like, what's he talking about? And um, and like suddenly he just completely flipped this year. And he hates them. And uh, I said to him, I said, you used to like them. Now you hate them. I, I don't understanding what happened. And he goes. He goes, well, everyone liked Anakin Skywalker. You know, everyone liked Anakin Skywalker. You know, he's like, in the early movies, everyone likes him, and then he becomes Darth Vader, and then you hate him, right? Um, There are some people that like the bad guy, but, I mean, in the beginning, everyone likes him. It's a feel-good story, and the Chiefs were that, right? When the Chiefs got good early on, I mean, they were not, like I said, they, they became... You know, if you want to compare it to a different sport, they they went from, you know, a team with history, not very good, like a Manchester City in the Premier League to suddenly winning it every year, dominate. It, it's pretty much a similar storyline of like a team like that. So I get the feel good story behind it. Um, you know, my difference here is I don't hate I don't hate Kansas City. I kind of I kind of like them. I like the story. I like them. I think it couldn't have happened to a better fan base. I mean, you think back when we were growing up, man, there's some bad Chiefs teams or there were some really oh, good yeah. ones who just couldn't get it done. Um, and I just always thought they were a likable team, right? They played in McDonald's colors. Every single kid likes McDonald's, right? I don't care how healthy you say you are and how healthy parents are. Every single kid loves McDonald's and they like the uh, the Happy Meal toys. They got the McDonald's colors, like the friendly, like, you know, you look at them and you just instantly think McDonald's. Um, you know, they play in, you know, they play in the Midwest. Their fan base is known to be really really nice out there um, unless you're Robin Banks, unless you're that wolf guy, the chief's fanatic. Um, but it seems like the fan base is really nice. You know um, they've had players through the years on fantasy teams that they had, that were just likable like Jamal Charles, Priest Holmes, um, you know, and then they, they hit the lottery. They got Andy Reed, they got Patrick Mahomes. They've had this nice little run and I'm happy for him. I'm really happy for him. It's like a perfect feel good story. Like their ownership, you know, super committed storied ownership family, you know, they they literally, like, Lamar Hunt, like, created the AFL. He did that breakaway league, you know, then the merger, and then he's the one that named the Super Bowl, and then his team never got back there, and his son's carrying the team. So, I mean, great stories. I like them as, you know, I think they're fun. Um, so I'm one of the few people enjoying this. You know, it... I, w- I wonder if people were saying the same thing about the Patriots. When no. they started to have that, I don't think so. And I think, I think maybe like the first one, they're all oh, that's great, but I think quickly that that faded very quickly just because of what Boston is, right? It's a big like I think the difference, in my the way I viewed it was difference compared to Kansas City and the Patriots, right? Um, is like Kansas City is a small city in the Midwest, Midwest. I mean, I don't want to call it Midwest Heartland. Um, you know, it, it's a small city. They only have. You know, they have they have an MLS team, but they really only are the big sports baseball. You know, it's just, you know, people in the Midwest are known for being more nicer, kinder. And then you have the Patriots out in Boston, right? Which you have the Boston arrogance. You have teams that are constantly winning. It, the Patriots are more hated just because of the circus around Boston than just the Patriots itself. Because if the Patriots were winning, sure, you get the big bad bullies. You know, you got, they, they could be compared to the Pittsburgh Steelers-esque, right? But the reason the Patriots are hated so bad is you got the Red Sox winning multiple World Series. You got the Boston Bruins winning a Stanley Cup. You got the Boston Celtics, who everybody hates, who constantly wins. They won an NBA title. Um, well, like, I'm just, just talking about, like, the first three Super Bowls, right? Because if you think about early 2000s Boston, 
The Red Sox hadn't won their championship in 2004 yet. The Celtics hadn't won anything since like the 80s, right? The Bruins, like they were okay, but they hadn't started to have their kind of successful run that they've had. So, I mean, Boston sports as a whole in the early 2000s was not really what it is today. And I think that, I think you're talking about recency bias, but, you know, you, you get this new ownership change with the Patriots and like the early, like 99, you get Belichick coming on. Um, and then they hit, hit the lottery with Brady. And then they win three out of four Super Bowls, you know? See, and, I think, I think. What I differ with thinking the Patriots, I, I think they, I think they were more hated earlier, and I think they became the boogeyman quicker. Also, I think you got the big media markets are in New York City, right? Yeah. New York and Boston don't like each other, so from the start, maybe the first Super Bowl, right? Maybe the first and second. By the time the third one hit, there was clear a disconnect there, right? I, I think mm-hmm. I think because it's the city of Boston, I think they got hated. They were hated more hated quicker. Um, because it seems like like the Chiefs are a media darling, right? The people that seem to hate them are just ones that were sick of the the, the reason people are are not liking the Chiefs right now is because they're they're afraid of the Patriots again, right? right. They're afraid of the the the, the Patriots, the big bad Patriots are back. It's the same team winning every year. That's why they're getting some pushback. But for the most part, they're media darlings. The Patriots never were that. I, I just I, I don't think they ever were because when the media is through New York, most of the time, they're going to be notoriously harsh on Boston as a whole. Like the Celtics, how many, I'm not the biggest basketball, how many championships do they have? Is it 17, 18? The, just, the Celtics? Yeah. What is it? 17, 18? How many championships? I think it's 17. They're still, I mean, they are just routinely blasted. I mean, they're just, they're not. They're just they're not well perceived, and sure, I think in the earlier time you're talking before the Red Sox, Red Sox won in 04, so you're talking before them that you know the Bruins won in 2011, so they hadn't won, and sure. So the second half of the Patriots dynasty, sure, everyone was sick of them, but I think even earlier on, you know, I think it's like when Philly's winning, right? People do not like Philadelphia, right? We they haven't won as much, here. but but people hate Philadelphia. New York doesn't like Philadelphia. Boston doesn't like Philly. They don't like Philly, and I think it's very similar. I think Boston and Philly, I think they're very similar. They're like, oh, great, here we go again. We got to deal with them. You know, the rabid fan bases, they're kind of they're right. known for so being rude. I think if I think, you were going to have the Boston fan base and the Philadelphia fan base, they were going to meet in an open field. They are going to have like – Roman style gladiator combat. Who do you think is going to win in, in that that matchup? Who do you think is more rabid? I think it's Philadelphia. I'm going to be honest. I think that Boston fans are rude, like, and they'll they'll talk shit a lot. But at the end of the day, I think Philadelphia fans will like kill other people. See, see I think it depends because I think I think Red Sox fans. I think if you go by the sport, you got to go by the sport almost. Because I think the Red Sox fans would beat up Phillies. I think when it, per sport, I think the Red Sox are more rabid. I think they're more mm-hmm. more crazier. I think the Red Sox would beat up Phillies fans. I think the Philly, the Eagles fans would probably beat up Patriots fans. Um, the Bruins would probably beat up the Flyers. I don't know, though. I don't know. See, I don't know about that because <laughs> they're both they're almost a similar team in a sense, right? The Bruins and the Flyers are very, very similar. I know the Bruins are original six and the Flyers came in 67, but 
very similar fan bases. They're they are very that would be a fight to watch for sure. I mean, both the Flyers and the Bruins were big in the 70s. They hit you, they were physical, the fights, the bloodiness. I mean, I think both fan bases, I think that would be a you get like the most jacked up Bruins fan, most jacked up uh, Flyers fan, you put them together, that'd be a combo. That'd be a that'd be pay per view. I think, (laughs) I think that'd be a good one. I I think that's pretty well close. I I think basketball is a toss up. I think both are kind of like, eh, okay. Um, basketball yeah. is much more fan bases in basketball, much more relaxed. Yeah. Like the culture around a basketball game, everyone's just more relaxed. They're not as in your face. And then, you know, and I think it's flipped with baseball. Like I said, I think Red Sox fans are rabid. I think Phillies fans are relaxed. And then Patriots fans are relaxed just because they've won so much. And then the Eagles fans are just notoriously Eagles fans are notoriously insane. I mean, they threw snowballs at Santa. Um, they're notoriously horrendous yeah it's terrible but i would say i would literally compare both cities together as for fan base wise and i think that's why i think that's also why the patriots got more bad light as well and i mean what also sucks is is bill belichick was never likable he was a never likable personality um because sometimes when these teams are winning you need likable personalities so if you look back to the early patriots teams not one player sticks out as being very likable Right. Brady didn't really talk much. He was dating a supermodel. Wasn't he's gotten more into the media now. Like once he left Belichick's like control, he kind of became more of a personality. Mm-hmm. Um so that kind of that was fun to see him kind of see what Brady's personality was. But early on, Brady had no he was behind like a wall, right? You didn't really yeah. see him much. Um and then like I said there was no I don't know. And then like Bill Belichick didn't like Andy Reid is just so likable. He sits there with like in the cold game, he had his mustache with like the icicles hanging from it. He does the commercials. Um yeah, he eats the hamburgers. He's like just that. he's so like it's hard not to like him. His backstory, I mean, I know he had kids who struggle. I think he had a kid who passed away. He's had some struggles, right? His kids I think put him through the ringer. Um, you know, great underdog story. Just he seems like an overall a great person. And then you got Bill who just he didn't I don't want to know. talk to anybody at all, ever. He's just out there with his ripped sweatshirt, angry. Just it, it honestly amazes me how Belichick and Saban are such good friends because you have like a Saban guy who he's just like his charisma. He's just nice. Just people love him. He's great with the media. He knows when to say. He's just personable. And then you get Bill, who just is just what do you want? Yeah, we lost. Yeah, we lost. Yeah. We play like, yeah, we lost. What do you want from me? On to the next game. Do your job. Yep. Do your job. Just do your job. Uh, 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 uh. That's Bill. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. That that also contributes to it. I don't know. But. No, I think you're absolutely right about the personality. Um, I think everyone in Kansas City is pretty likable. Um, I mean, I'm, I don't really care too much about the, the Taylor Swift side story. But, you know, Mahomes and Reed and Kelsey know know how to talk to the media. And, and they're all pretty friendly most of the time. Um, and they, I think there was like this uh, kind of storyline going on where we were wondering if Mahomes was kind of mature enough because he was getting frustrated by everybody and was yelling at people and stuff. And I think that just naturally happens in football games. I don't think that 
um, anyone's gonna, you know, keep their temper or anything like that. So, I mean, I think that storyline's been squashed now. The, uh, the the composure around Mahomes, though, which what I find so interesting, is you get a brother. His brother is is going to be on trial in a month and a half, right, for sexual assault or something like that. His He's, father is a DUI. <laughs> yeah, his his father is, seems to be maybe an alcoholic. Maybe he he's on his third. They call it DWI in Texas. It would be an OUI in Massachusetts. Um, so he's on he's on his third charge. Um, you know, you look at his wife, who's just routinely out in TikTok and social media, and you look at the people around him, and you're like, wow. And then you see Mahomes, and he's well spoken. He knows what he says. He's likable. I mean, outside his one outburst when he played the Bills, and they had that bad call in that game. He had that one outburst. Outside of that, he's been a constant professional. Constant. Yeah. And it just it's interesting how everyone around him seems to kind of be interesting. You know, it just they're interesting to say the least. Not the best. But he comes out and he just, for whatever reason, he just holds him. I remember early in his career, there was a story out of Kansas City that him and his wife were out to dinner. And they were out to dinner. I think I probably told this on the podcast before. But, I mean, this is huge in Kansas. So he was out to dinner, and um, the fans never went up to him in the in the restaurant. They just let him eat his dinner. They let him do his thing. He was so happy he was able to do something normal that he, I think he I think he copped everyone in the restaurant's food. I think he paid for everyone that night, or he paid for their drinks. He did something to thank everybody because he was so happy that they just let him enjoy his dinner. That's a nice thing to do. Right? Yeah. That's a really nice thing to do. Um, and there's a story like that very early on in his career that he was a great person like that. You know, it's great when when you have an athlete who's just overall a great person. That's fantastic. Um, and I think that also helps build the brand and people like you more, you know. And so it helps with definitely likability. Um, in terms of the Super Bowl itself, though, I get what you're saying with the NBA. It's the same thing over and over again, though. That is true. Like, this is the second time you had Kansas City versus San Francisco. And you think back to, and I just think back to all those NBA finals where it was LeBron versus Steph again. Here we go. It's Cavaliers right. versus Warriors again. Um, Just over and over again, right? And I just wonder if we're going to get this next year too. Purdy, like we said, we had two more years of Purdy on this rookie deal. Are we going to get this two more years? Yeah, it, I... I think so. I mean, there's nothing to tell me otherwise. The The only thing is, is like, I think that usually there's someone new out of the NFC. Like, it's always the Chiefs versus, like, whoever's, like, dominant that year, right? I think that, you know, there could be, like, an explosive offense next year. God willing, it's the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and, or, you know, you want the Cowboys to kind of be there at the end of the day. So, I think both of those teams kind of have a chance in a way. Um, but, you know, early on predictions for next season, we could see the Super Bowl again, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I, I think I think you definitely consider that. Um, or, I I mean, I keep going back and forth. I think, the, I, um, I think in the AFC, what could be a toss-up in the AFC, is I, it's interesting to see what happens with the Chiefs. If they win, everyone retires. Are they done for a bit? Not actually done, done, but I mean, like, are they like, you know, Burrow, what happens? Burrow comes back, he's healthy, what happens there? They got the whole T. Higgins is up for free agency. Do they re-sign him? Do they bring in maybe a lineman in, in Kansas City? I mean, sorry, not Kansas, sorry, Cincinnati. Um, 
So, I mean, there's other, see, there's a bunch of people Mahomes has to get through, right? The AFC is loaded. Um, Harbaugh with the Chargers, I think he's going to be. Does he turn him around year one? Probably not. I mean, by year two, he's probably close to a Super Bowl, maybe. Yeah. Um, he's a really good coach. So, I mean, you got you got teams out there, right? And like I said, you got Baltimore sitting there waiting, and I said in the last one, and I also, uh, I did put a future on the Baltimore Ravens, like I said I would do. I did put a future on them for next year. Like I said, you got teams in the AFC, so it's going to be hard to predict that. With the NFC, though, I just think it's a little bit more predictable. I mean, you know, I think the Raven. I mean, I think, uh, sorry, I think that the Lions probably regress a bit. The Packers are probably, once again, back at it. I don't know if they're shooting for a Super Bowl, but they're probably pretty good. Um, you know, I think the Falcons, you know, are, you know, maybe they make a wild card, maybe. I mean, win your division first. We'll see what happens. Dallas, yep. you know, is good for a choke. Um, and Philly, I don't know. You know, you probably have Philly, San Francisco, NFC Championship game, realistically, if you had to pick now. Um, and then I guess it's anyone's game at that point. So, I don't know. It it could, I don't know. We could get this a bunch, which I get after so many times, it does get boring. Um, me not being the biggest basketball fan, I mean, I would watch LeBron versus Steph just because it was, like, historic at that point. Um, you know, the talking heads all made it sound like it was um, – you know, Lakers versus, you know, Celtics. And it was just so talked about that I did watch a couple of the games. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, and this is where we're at. Um, but we'll see. Uh, you have any of your closing thoughts here? Any things that you want to talk about with the Super Bowl? Or like halftime shows, uh, national anthems, uh, Taylor Swift nonsense, anything you want to talk about? You know, there's a few things. One of them being, I don't know what's happened to the Super Bowl commercials over the past few years, but they have not, like, lived up to snuff for past Super Bowl commercials. Like, I remember from, like, 2000s to, like, I don't know, like, 2015, every time I watched a Super Bowl, I was rolling on the ground laughing. These commercials were, like, top-tier commercials. And now, like, the... It's boring and garbage, honestly. I'm, I'm not. I've not been happy with. Them. Well, are you the guy that has to watch some of them beforehand, though? Like, are you watching some? No, of them? no, no. I'm. I want to watch the Super Bowl commercials on the Super Bowl. Why would I like ruin that experience for me? Um, the, and that's the thing too is like now they release them ahead of time. They're like, this is going to be the Super Bowl commercial, and they're on yeah, YouTube, I hate that. and they already get a million views. Like, who, who cares? Like, I'm not going to go and watch it. Like. The whole Super Bowl experience is about watching a good game, right? The ideally the best game of the year, and then you get a good halftime show. You get, I mean, like it's like maybe 15, 20 minutes, and they're like running through songs at a rate of like five set five songs like every other minute. But you know, you get a good entertainment, and then like during the commercials, like it's not boring, right? Because usually during like the regular season playoffs, whatever, the commercials are like eh. I don't really care. Like maybe you get one good one every now and then, but like the Super Bowl commercials are supposed to be, it's supposed to be like constant entertainment. You're advertising, but it's also like funny or, you know, like, oh yeah, that's like really well put together. Like, you know, something like that. But now it's just like very boring commercials. I'm, I've not been happy with them. So, I mean, hopefully they have good commercials this year at the very least to, to make this better. But yeah, I'm, I've not been happy with them. 
Yeah, I, I do. I do agree with you. The commercials game has kind of been down. Um, you know, I, I just hope that we get a good halftime show. You know, sometimes because yeah. like I haven't really been in love with a lot of the halftime shows. Um, I think back to the um, the Katy Perry year was I think that was funny with the sharks. Yep. Um, what Super meme. What Super Bowl was that? Was that the um, Broncos Panthers? Uh, maybe Super- it might have been the Super Bowl before that with the Patriots and the let me see, let me see. Oh, maybe that might have been the Seahawks, right? Patriots Seahawks, maybe. Because then, then one was Lady Gaga. She did one. Um, I'm just trying to think. Like all of them. I mean, just none of them. Yeah, it was Super Bowl 49. Yeah, it was the, um, it was the Seahawks and Patriots Super Bowl. Yeah, I thought that was a good one. Uh, Mm -hmm. I thought that was a good game too. I liked that game. Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other ones that. um, Did you watch the um, the clothing malfunction? Did you did you watch? Do you remember watching that halftime show? I mean, Janet I was Jackson young. One? I think the, the yeah that one yeah the one. Yeah, way I, didn't, I I didn't process it for sure. Like you know, looking back, you're like, oh yeah, that did happen. But uh, like I don't I don't remember. I remember like watching bits and pieces of that game, but I remember like when I was younger, my parents would be like, we'd watch up until the half, and then it'd be bedtime, and then yeah. I'd wake up in the morning, and my dad would tell me who won. Usually when I was young. And and I think the first Super Bowl I got to watch all the way through, I had I had like the flu or something. And I was home from school anyway, and it was the Colts Bears. That was the first Super Bowl I got to watch all the way through. So I'm pretty sure I went to bed. I think I missed the clothing malfunction. Um so but everyone's talked about that. I'm trying to think of some other great afternoon. I actually love the uh 50 cent one, the one in LA. No, it's yeah. one of my favorites. The the one with it was with Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I love um, that one. Um, Rihanna had had her thing. I was a big fan of hers. I know some people. I loved I like Rihanna as an artist. I think that she was kind of limited because of like she was so pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, There's like so much she could do, and then also she's like suspended like midair. That was insane to me. Like you're like halfway through your pregnancy, and then you're like 100, 200 feet up in the air with like no safety cables or anything. You're just like on this platform. I was just thinking these wires are going to absolutely snap. And that's mm-hmm. basically like the worst celebrity death of all time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's let's kind of keep it chill this year. I liked um, I like the weekends. Um, oh, you like that? Show. You want, I thought that was awful. <laughs> I, I liked I liked the um, I liked it as like a performance. I think that if you were there watching it, it kind of stunk because he was like inside something for a little bit. So it was kind of weird I, I bet as like a viewer while you were in, at the super bowl i think a good halftime show like you have good entertainment that people can see from the from like the stands but also like you can enjoy the music at home too at the same time so hmm. um yeah, and probably... how, how, how would you feel if you're usher right now and know that you're the second most trending artist that's in the building because taylor swift is going to be everywhere and how, how do, would you feel knowing like everyone wants taylor no one wants me here um, they'd all prefer her to take the job over me. I, I mean, I, I wonder like what, you know, also does, uh, uh, does Usher bring out like little John or something? Like who does he bring out with him? Oh, I don't know who he would bring out with him. Yeah, that's, that, that's a question. Cause, cause Katie, like Katie Perry brought out Lenny Kravitz, then, um, like, 
I don't know. Maybe he just does it by himself. I could see him doing that. Um, but like all a lot of his songs, he's like more featured in. I I mean, yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely. Um, he's definitely gonna bring out someone. It would be um, it, I think if, if imagine just I know he definitely isn't doing this because none of their songs correlate. It's too bad Taylor Swift didn't have a song with him because it would be absolutely amazing if she came walking out as like a special guest. I mean, that'd be kind of crazy for her to like have a because she has a concert in Japan, I think. Right, like the night. Oh, before. everyone knows about the the flight from Japan. Everyone, she's coming from Tokyo. She's gonna get this. She's gonna make sure she gets there in time for her man. Oh yeah, it's all. It's well. And we're all on. The, we're all on alert. The, the chapel in Vegas is uh gonna host a free wedding for them if they decide to get married on a whim. Uh, so look for that, everyone. Yeah, that's that's what that's. Speaking of talking about the Super Bowl in Vegas, I I can't wait to hear the stories post Super Bowl because you know. There's going to be players that are not playing in the Super Bowl that mm-hmm. go to the Super Bowl will be at the nightclubs, the bars, oh yeah, um, the the casinos. They'll be placing bets. Something will come yeah, back. Someone's they, getting suspended. They can't bet prior to the Super Bowl. They can do whatever they want after the Super Bowl. Like they, mm-hmm. they can bet, but like I think that was a rule for them. Like they couldn't go to a casino. They couldn't bet. So I heard the 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 Chiefs and the 49ers can't even step into a casino. They can't. The players can be in casinos but can't bet until after the Super Bowl's over. So um and someone's somehow someone's gonna be suspended next year. I guarantee someone's gonna play some bet. They're gonna be Calvin suspended. Ridley somehow. Um they will somehow mess something up. I mean there's every single year at the Super Bowl there's a story of a player doing something dumb. Oh yeah. That's not in it. And I think you're gonna get a bunch of them this year. It's just too perfect. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't yeah, get it, it right in Vegas. I mean it it's right there. It's right there for someone to mess up. So yeah, look for that storyline too, right after the Super Bowl. Well, and we'll be covering it the Monday after the Super Bowl in the evening. Uh, yes, we'll be releasing another episode then as well. It'll, it'll be our, it'll be our reaction post game. What's going on? Um, are there any bets that you're planning on taking in this? Like, is there anything you're you thinking a money line, a spread, a prop bet? What are, is going to be anything you're placing any money on? I mean, I'm just I'm. I'm going to look at like game time bets because those are really the ones that, that kind of make the most money. So I'm looking for any type of comeback. Like I might bet on like if someone goes up big early in the Super Bowl, I might bet on the other team to come back because you'd make a lot of money on that, that bet for sure. Uh, yeah. What about you? You making any bets? I, I know that you already put money on Kansas City, right? I have not actually. Oh no. Um, okay. So I was going to put money on Kansas City. I was I was I was talking big money. Um and uh well big money for me. Um I was going to I have yet to do so. Once my mom gave me her prediction, like I said, man, she's usually second not wrong. Guess. Yeah. I, I yeah. started second guessing myself and like I was like, oh my God, do I do this? Or am I just throwing if I just, you know, putting money in down the toilet? Um so I'm going back and forth. So I haven't officially placed a bet yet. I am leaning towards putting a decent amount of money on Kansas City. Um, but just to listen to all our listeners out there, make sure you um, bet within your means. Don't bet more than you have. Yeah, bet um, responsibly. Drink responsibly. Don't make any terrible decisions. Really. If you don't drink responsibly, then just make sure you don't drive. You know, if you drink a lot, then just don't drive. Uber, get a hotel. What do you have to do? But so enjoy the game responsibly and all that. Um we're going to definitely do a post-game uh, reaction. Um, if I do place a bet, uh, I will make it known. If it 
on that episode. So I won't put anything on the X account. I'll let it ride, whatever I decide to do. Um, but yes, I have been leaning towards Kansas City, though. We'll, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do it, though. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much our little thing. Um, I, I would look out for, I did see a prop that I kind of liked. I think it was, um, it was like Mahomes to have the most passing yards, um, McCaffrey to have the most rushing yards, um, and Rice to have the most receiving yards. I love that. I saw that on FanDuel. Um, I thought that was a good little prop bet. Um, well, I think Rice is going to have a great game. We haven't talked about him. I think Rice could I, look for him. I know another one is have him over two touchdowns or have him two touchdowns. Um, if the Chiefs are going to win, they're going to throw him the ball. He's been their lead receiver. I really like Rice, so look for props with him. Um, look for props with Pacheco. Um, so, I mean, you either love Pacheco or you don't. I love him. I love the way he runs. He just runs angry. It's great. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to look for those props as well. I'm really upset that in Massachusetts you can't bet um the how long the anthem's gonna go, the color of the Gatorade, um, how long's the halftime show, who comes out as a guest. Like, you know, all those fun little props. You can't bet those in Massachusetts. Yeah, that's that's kind of weird. I'm gonna I'm pulling up my uh DraftKings sports book right now to see what they got going for Are you a DraftKings guy, FanDuel, ESPN. What's what's your go to? Right now, it's DraftKings. Um, See, I always like FanDuel's. They have better odds. They, um, at least for stuff I bet. For they had like a good amount of um, like beginning like new deal. Uh, oh, I'm so angry! Or... I just logged into FanDuel. Sorry to talk over. I just logged into FanDuel. It's been plus one ten this entire week for the Chiefs, and now it's a plus one hundred six. I'm furious. Oh, I'm furious. I've got plus 100 here. For the Chiefs? Chiefs. Yeah. Oh, I'm so angry. For the money line. I am just so angry it moved. Like I knew it was going to move. Man, I should have. Man, now I'm really considering not betting on the money line there. The, so there's going to be a the there's a prop bet for Scorigami. There's going to be a Scorigami. Yeah, I have seen that. I like a thing of uh, any time touchdown score. Rashi Rice is a plus one forty five. I think that's a nice little hit. I might put like ten bucks on that. That's a good one. The jersey number of the last touchdown scorer. Yep, I've seen that. Uh, let's see. Uh, social. Oops. Here's here's one that's a plus um one fifty. Patrick Mahomes and Brock Purdy to combine for fifty plus rushing yards. I don't think I'd take that. Um. Then there's one Chris Jones and Nick Bosa both to record. Point five uh, plus sacks each. They need both pretty much both get a sack. Um, Either team to kick a game-winning walk-off field goal at the end of normal time. Yep, I saw that. It's plus eight hundred for that. You know what the big bet though is? Does Gronk get the kick of destiny? Does he hit the kick this year? Oh, uh, what is that a bet? Oh yeah, it's so you opt in it's on FanDuel only. It's does okay. he hit the kick of destiny? And if you hit, if you get it right, you get like bonus bets. I think there's ten million dollars in bonus bets. So I think you get like wow. a free bet. I think if you if you get it right, uh, I think it's from twenty five yards out. So does Gronk get? It? I think he's been practicing. I think he might get it this year. Um, I might opt in. I think he's going to get that. That's kind of cool. Probably um, practicing. It would say so. So here's the bets that you can't do in Massachusetts. So coin toss you can't do in Mass. Gatorade color, you can't do in mass. 
Um, looks like no state with FanDuel has national anthem. Uh, no state has halftime show and on FanDuel. MVP you can in Massachusetts. Um, negative outcomes you can in Massachusetts. So QB to throw an interception, but there's some states you can't. Um, wow, in Arizona, Iowa, New York, you can't do the interceptions. Interesting. Oh, New York has a lot of these prop bets you can't do. Wow. No fun in New York, I guess. Nope, none of that. New Jersey, you could do Gatorade color. So it's Illinois, might, New Jersey, and West Virginia too, just to see what it's like. I, the the thing with Maine is that, and on at least on my phone, Google Play, I can't download the the betting apps from Google Play. Like they won't allow it for some reason. So I have to like manually like go to the website, download a specific file, and then wait for that to download the actual app instead of going through the app store, which is kind of a pain in the butt. So. Hey, no worries, guys. On the uh, Fanatics sportsbook, the Chiefs are plus one ten. So I'm okay, boys. I'm I'm back on go. it. I'm back on it. So I'm looking at all the ones I got. FanDuel, fan, Fanatics, and I got um DraftKings downloaded on my phone. I I literally downloaded the Fanatics one because you got a free jersey if you bet over fifty bucks one time. So I picked a bet that was like easy. So I was going to Miami. So I was like, oh, I want a Jalen Waddle jersey. So I literally bet fifty bucks on a thing I knew I was going to win. Took all my money back and then <laughs> got a free Jalen Waddle jersey. It was awesome. Um, so on my DraftKings for Super Bowl, uh, yeah, it's plus 100 for the Chiefs. So if you're looking to hit Chiefs money line, I'd go over to the Fanatics, I guess, if you're wherever you have sport books. What does Maine have for sport books? Do you have a mall up in Maine? Uh, I believe so. Like they just passed the law. So I can't imagine that they don't. Okay. Yeah, so I think in like New Hampshire, I think you only had DraftKings, I think maybe. And then right. like Rhode Island's funky. You only got so many in Rhode Island. But like, I know Massachusetts has like everything. Like if you want Caesars, I've heard Caesars has some good ones. Um, I never used it. Um, Fanatics, you have Fanatics. You had, I think Barstool's gone. I don't think they're a sport book anymore. No, no. Yeah, I think they're gone. Um, They were around. I thought I, I thought I had them at one time. Maybe I never downloaded them. I don't know. Um. Yeah, but, those those bets. Look for them. Look for game time bets. I think those those are the ones that kind of really hit. Um, if if that's what you're looking for. Not gonna lie, if um if the Chiefs go down, I'll ride with you and I'll do like a comeback win. Yeah. If, um, if, if I don't put money on the Chiefs, I'll I'll ride with you. I'll do a comeback if and root for the Chiefs comeback. I just I can't in good conscience root for um the San Francisco 49ers. I can't do it. Um, as a Cowboys fan. So, um, but if the Chiefs are underdogs and I haven't placed a bet, I'll ride with you. We'll do that. Um, we probably just a heads up with our X account. We're probably not doing anything really on X for the Super Bowl. Um, I might have a couple tweets, maybe. Nick might have a couple tweets. I don't know what if you're gonna plan on it. I, I um Yeah, I'll put out some some tweets of my re reactions. I'm not gonna sit there and live tweet though. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that either. Um watch out this coming week. So our schedule coming up for the podcast is we're going to record Monday night. So I'll probably be dropping either early Tuesday or really late Monday, our reaction. And then after that, we're on like vacation for a week or two. Um, so just be a heads up. There won't be a Thursday show. Or there won't be a Saturday show. There'll be some time off. We'll be taking a week off. Um, and then we'll be back. It looks like our date of recording is likely shifting to more Saturday mornings. I'm not a morning person, so this is going to be fun. Um, yeah. 
and it's shifting because Nick, you have an announcement you want to make, or you got a why it's shifting. Oh yeah, so I am um, actually a part of University of Southern Maine's esports team, and during the week, I um, play slash and also announce for teams that are playing um, on Twitch. So if you're interested in that, um, you can look up uh, USM Huskies esports on Twitch. We have a bunch of channels that are constantly live streaming uh, during the week. Um, and I'm also the vice president of the organization. So um, I help out running it and organizing it and everything. So I've been kind of pretty proud of growing this program from the ground up. Uh, we got a huge grant from a bank to build an esports arena. We got $750,000 um, to build that on USF's campus. Um, so just the program's only going up from here. Um, something to watch. I play Overwatch on Thursdays. We had a bye week this week, so I announced on Wednesday for the Overwatch team. Um, I, I think I'm pretty funny when I do that, so if you're interested in that, uh, you can follow us on Twitch. We also have an Instagram account there. Um, so yeah, that's that's why we're kind of switching from Thursdays to Saturdays because I'm kind of busy running that during the the college semester. And like I said, if 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 you're interested too, we'll have um we'll have Nick re um retweet some stuff on our X account so you guys can then go follow that as well. So we'll uh, we'll have that posted so you guys so it's easier. So if you do follow already follow us on X, remember follow us at so hostility on X, and uh, we'll have updates there. Um. So in this little week off, we'll do, like I said, fo so follow Nick for his esports overwatch and uh, also look out for Coach Cannoli. And we'll be doing some other stuff on the um, X account as well. So um, follow all that there and um, everyone enjoy the Super Bowl. Yeah, have a good Sunday. Have a good one. And um, like I said, we'll see you on Monday. Bye. See ya.